Welcome to the NFT Meta Jungle. I am Emma, aka Nifty Meta Girl, and in today's episode, we are going to be featuring a Twitter space with Meta Jungle NFT Radio that we actually held on October 16th. Co-hosts are Mike Schmidt and Sabod Shetty, and we're talking with Rhapsody Curated, which is a community in the NFT space helping to onboard um, experienced photographers in the traditional world and helping bring some of their notable work into the NFT space. Um, we are introduced to Rhapsody Curated by their curator, Pierre-Elie de, de Pibric, and we speak with artist Stephen Gladeau and his North Korea collection and Florine Lassie with How Much Can You Carry? Both are amazing one-of-one NFT photography collections and enjoyed hearing the stories and the background of both collections. This is a very informative conversation and we hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well. Very excited for our space today. Really, really looking forward to um, talking with Rhapsody Curator and our artists that they're representing, um, Stefan and Florine. And we have um, Pierre Ellie with us as well, their curator. So I'm very excited to have everybody here. We'll go ahead and get the room um, set up. I know Sabot is here as our co-host and definitely looking forward to this. Um, and I want to say good morning. This is Emma, aka Nifty Meta Girl. So very glad to have um, everyone with us. That's who's behind the Meta Jungle logo. Um, sometimes I forget to mention that as we get started. So wanted to just say hello and happy Sunday. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Um, I have sent out some um, speaker requests to our panel, um, and I'll also um, let others know if they would like to come up and um, participate in the conversation. You're welcome to. Good morning, John. Um, it's fun to see some of the collectors in the room for these wonderful collections, um, but looking forward to our discussion for sure. Um, and I want to say hello to Sabod. Good morning. Hi, Emma. Good morning. Hello. Hello to everyone. Uh, actually, I'm just about to get into the elevator. So give me two minutes. Yeah? Il faut qu'une personne, sinon on va s'entendre. Good morning, and I know that we have, and that sounds great, Sabot. No worries at all. I know that... Um, this time works for a lot of our community, but there's also different, everyone is in a little bit different place. So um, no worries there whatsoever. Um, and I want to say hello to um, Pierre from Rhapsody Curated, the curator. They're representing Rhapsody this morning. Hi, how are you? Hello, I'm fine. And you? Doing great, doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting us to talk about uh, Rhapsody. It's a big pleasure to be with you today. Well, and this is um, definitely um, a group that I've been looking forward to speaking with more. I'm, I've been following the collections and excited to learn more about both of them. Um, you guys are based in France, is that right? Uh, yes, we are based in Paris. That's wonderful. So it is evening time there. Uh, yes, it's around about 5 p.m., it's a nice Sunday today. <laughs> 
Very good. A great way to finish the week, I am sure. Yes, it's the most perfect day, perfect way to, to finish the weekend. And uh, I'm very happy to, to end the weekend talking about NFT and photography and our passion for, for the great artists we uh, have the chance to represent now with Rhapsody. That is fantastic. And the, just recently, the first series has dropped for Rhapsody. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. The first and one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did not mean to cut you off. I was going to say, as we get started, would you maybe introduce and tell us a little bit about Rhapsody, what the group, you know, um, the goals of the group and what the group represents at this time? Uh, yes, but we, uh, we were, we were, we like um, a photographic lover and NFT lover. So me, I'm a photographer. And uh, once I, I met one of my collectors, NFT collector called Julien. And uh, we talk about our passion for photography. And we said that the most beautiful thing we could do uh, would be to, to set up a company to bring together uh, the biggest uh, photographers uh, we know and we love and to uh, to make a bridge between them and uh, nft collectors and uh, help uh, collectors and uh, photographers to meet uh, to be together and to build a new uh, a new way of, of of collecting of interacting of making a new community and so we started to think about it around uh, eight months ago and uh, and we talk about it with uh, photographers we we love and uh, we uh, already uh, collect in the real world and so that's why we asked to Florian, uh, Stéphane, and uh, Bruno and Pascal to join us to build the first season called uh, Humanities. And uh, we are very glad to drop the first, uh, the first series, uh, North Korea series of Stéphane Gladieux a few uh, days ago. Well, that is fantastic. And what a great summary of both what the group um, it stands for and what the goals are. Um, and very excited to have both um, Stefan and Florine with us today and delve in more about the collection. I know um, in preparation, I've been reading, you know, bios and information both on Twitter and web and on your website. And um, something that I'm always appreciative of and passionate about is the opportunity to learn about, you know, the, the process behind the collections and the history and the story. And that's something that I've noticed that Rhapsody is providing a lot of information, both about mm. the collections that are coming, but also photography in general. Um, is that part of the, the goal for the group? Yeah, it's very important because me, for, for example, I've been collecting photographies for more than 15 years. And uh, most of the time, I, I, I didn't have the chance to meet the photographers and to to start communicate with them. Uh, and so uh, when I, I started to do my first NFT uh, and I met Julien thanks to it because he bought one of my NFT and he told me, uh, it was, he asked me lots of questions and we, uh, we started to, to talk a lot uh, to talk about photography, about NFT. And then I, I, saw, I, um, I, I thought that he loved photography in general and uh, he was a collector too. And uh, I asked him what was uh, collecting NFT for him and when he, uh, he was able to explain what was NFT and, collect, uh, and collecting NFT to my wife, I said, okay, 
he's got a good thing. He, uh, he's, uh, he knows uh, it's deeply inside him. So uh, I think we should, uh, I, I thought we should do something together. And uh, because it was very frustrating not to be able to talk with photographers. And for us, it was very important to, to set up a space uh, between uh, the space to, to able uh, photographers and collectors to be together when they want, whenever they want. So that's the soul of Rhapsody is uh, to make a, uh, a team of photographers that uh, are together, that knows each other and are dealing with the one with the, the one with the other and then to help them to be with collectors to help collectors to talk to, to talk together about one photographer they like or one series and then to able them to to talk with the photographers and to to exchange with them to well, to set up a new community that's wonderful. And that is one of the amazing things about Web3 and NFTs is that opportunity to connect and be able to have that appreciation and direct contact with one another. Um, and I've been impressed with how um, Rhapsody has got has cultivated that relationship and really given that availability and access. Um, so really appreciate that aspect for sure. Oh, thank um, you very much. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Was there was there a purpose or a um, something that motivated choosing the humanities topic first for the first series? Uh, humanities. For I, I've been uh, I know uh, Florian for a long time, and uh, I, I like her very much, and I, I, I know all his, uh, her works. And uh, Julian met me. Met, um, make an introduction to me to make me, uh, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> introduce me to, uh, to Stefan. And when I start to, I, I knew the work of Stefan, I, I, I love it very much, but I didn't have the chance to, to meet him for in person. And uh, when we talk about NFT with Julian, he said, let's meet uh, Stefan to, to talk about it and say, wow, it's a chance for me to meet uh, Stefan. And thanks to NFT, I had this chance to meet Stefan. And then I say, okay, me, uh, I talk about it to Florian. And I said, Florian, you, your work is amazing. How much can you carry? Uh, we should do something with Stefan. And she told me, wow, fantastic. Let's do it together. And then uh, we started to do, uh, to think of humanities like this. And then uh, Julien, uh, uh, we uh, knew uh, Bruno Mouron and Pascal Rostin. And we start to talk with them and uh, to tell our story of humanities, of uh, three uh, different way of uh, thinking of uh, human being and uh, and the uh, universe around human. And so uh, we decided to 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 uh, to ask them to to be a part of the first uh, se the first season. They accepted, and so uh, we started to to build this season together and to to to. To think of the uh, pictures we will see, to think of their stories, to all to bring them together, and um, so we uh, we decided to start with North Korea first, and then uh, how much can you carry with uh, the picture, the project of Florian, and then uh, autopsy to end the the series. That is fantastic. That is fantastic. And um, the definitely the information provided for these collections has been um, in depth. And I know there's we're sharing some of some tweets there to the top to um, give a visual to for the for everyone in the room. Um, so you can check those out. Thank you, Sabode. And um, again, it's been fantastic to see the information provided because, um, you know, I know that first I think the first collection 
reaction that I um, that I started seeing um, as the inaugural um, collection was Stefan's, the North Korea mm-hmm. um, collection, which is just absolutely amazing. And at first, the um, the aesthetic is so um, almost editorial. It doesn't you you. It's a bit it's a, it's captivating, but it makes you a bit curious um, about what if this is something that is real or what the story is behind it. And so I'm really excited to to learn more about this particular collection. Uh, but if you want, you can ask to Stefan. He's got lots of stories <laughs> about his uh, his work. It's what I like. With this is a very important point you you just said between the three artists, four artists, but three series. Uh, the uh, they are all uh, very strong stories, and uh, all the pictures got once something to say. And uh, it's uh, it's very personal way of uh, dealing with photography. The way of uh, uh, Stefan does his portraits are very different from the way of uh, Florian does. And uh, it's um, me, what I, I liked with those series, it's like you can see the photographers through the way she, they, they're doing their photography. And this was a very important. They had a huge um, uh, signature uh, on those photographs. You know, they are unique. And uh, as, uh, as NFT, for me, NFT could be uh, something very unique too. And uh, so it's very important to to show uh, the way of, of photographing, the way of those photographers does their work. And uh, so uh, in North Korea, for example, Stefan uh, had a unique way of talking with uh, North Korean persons and to deal with them, to be able to do such powerful portraits. Uh, Florian uh, traveled all around the world to, uh, to to be in the intimacy of, uh, of those persons, kids and more... Uh, and, and adult person to to show their physical weight and uh, psychological weight and soul weight they have to carry and to do this they need to be uh, to, to to enter into a big interaction with people they, they shoot at so um, that's what I love with all those persons um, and uh, for autopsy it's a very original original way of uh, doing a psychological portrait. And uh, they, they had to take lots of time. It's a series they have been doing since uh, eight, the 80s, so it's a long time. And uh, it's, a un- it's a very uh, particular way of doing f- portraits, uh, only with, uh, like, it's like an archaeologist, you know. And uh, this was, for me, uh, a great way of, of showing the, our, our cultures, you know, of way of... Uh, can I just say of uh, consider trash and how trash can uh, can be a part of our life, and uh, so uh, it's uh, it's very different but uh, very unique. As uh, that's why we decided to do a unique NFT too to show that uh, of all the photographs are, are unique. And I do think that that is something I've been impressed with. The um, collection, the the three options, they have a very united um, message of telling a story, very unique stories, and done so in unique ways, but at the same time also um, very unique. And I I think they stand out beautifully in this space as well. Um, And very similar to, um, you know, it definitely works well within the photography space, but also stands out really, really well. 
well. Um, and I'm excited for all three of the collections that are being represented here. Um, and would love to have would love to um, say hello to Stefan and learn more about the North Korea collection. Um, yes, hello. Hi, I'm, how are you today? I'm fine. Thank you for in inviting uh, us. I'm very pleased to be there. Oh, well, thank you for your time today. Definitely have been looking forward to this. Um, and as an introduction, I know um, just from reading on the website, you have been a war photographer since 1989. Is that right? Yes, it's right. I start as a, I start not, I, I, I don't like to say that I start as a war photographer. I start photography um, mostly um, building uh, expedition and uh, really connected to uh, to humans. So again, uh, humanity uh, tema and, and I fall in the war. It, it was something, uh, it, it was an accident and then, then I've been trapped in there and I I've been living in Afghanistan, and I, I came back and went to uh, to Yugoslavia, to Iraq, but that was not really my um, my photography. But that's a long story because I get lost uh, from uh, a bit from uh, maybe more than a decade. Uh, that was my path, and uh, and then I had. Uh, the possibility to come back really which was what what was really uh, important and strong for me to be connected to human and to build a story that's uh, um, uh, artistical it's an artistical work but it's also a documentary work and that's also what we have in common i think uh, with Florian and with uh, with Pierre Eli it's uh, there is a strong meaning behind uh, the, the photography I find that so interesting, and I I was struck by a quote that's there on the website where you talk about what we know about North Korea so often focuses on the government and the political side, but we don't ever hear about the people, and that is so true. And so the, your emphasis on that has been such an interesting opportunity. Um, and how long did it take to be able to get the opportunity to come in and actually build these relationships and create this type? of work i mean i don't know uh, few photographers succeed to to work there and i think for each of us it was uh, it was particular uh, for me um i took as a chance to to make um, uh, to have a, a meeting with uh, the north korean representative in uh, in europe uh, by a friend of mine that uh, is uh, um uh, a specialist in um, in in Korea society, uh, civilization, he speaks the language and he was studying uh, uh, Korean civilization. And uh, uh, through him and one of his teacher, I had the chance to have this meeting. So it took me three weeks to prepare it, um, with probably also a chance that uh, I've been before in uh, in many dictatures, and. Um, it's given me an advantage because I knew two things that were very important. The first thing is that whatever is your ideology, um, even the most craziest guy in the world, at the end, there is always a place where they, they have the, the, uh, the, fantasy, the fantasy to, to be understood. They, they would like that people understood uh, their way of meaning and why they choose this path. 
Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing that I knew that I wouldn't add any space. Uh, it was not like in Afghanistan with the Taliban or uh, like in, in Saudi Arabia or uh, in Belarusia, where you can always find a way uh, to go. In North Korea, I, I knew that I will, I will be with people always, that, that I will be uh, not follow, but that they will uh, drive me and uh, that they will uh, do everything for me. I had no, uh, no space of freedom. So I took this a long time to prepare this appointment, to try to arrive with a proposal that was very sharp, very clear, and to tell them, okay, I love to come to North Korea, but I don't take pictures of empty places. I do take pictures of people. I want to make portraits. Um, I work with flashes, and um, that's. Uh, I want to work there, uh, there uh, this way. And I had quite a long discussion with this man that uh, I was probably lucky because uh, he spent a few years in Europe, so he probably have more uh, um, an open mind uh, to to consider my proposition, and he gave me the chance to to do a first trip over there. And um, this first trip was um, quite difficult. Because I didn't understood really much of what happened, uh, even with my experience, everything was so weird, so different, and uh, I was quite patient. And I succeed to to make a thing at the beginning, the first time, something like eighteen or nineteen portraits. But I succeed to build a relation. Um, of respect, and they were also curious of uh, my way of uh, uh, dealing things because I didn't want to judge. I had no judgment on uh, on North Korea, even if it can sound weird for many people. Uh, it's not my country. I'm not living there. I'm not involved in the in the political, economical, social choice that they can do. That's uh, and uh, and that's probably also a very French vision to say, okay, whatever you are, uh, if I believe in freedom, I should let you uh, think on the, uh, and say what you, what you think freely, even if I, I completely disagree. So I had this uh, distance that I was not close to them, but in the same time, I didn't want really to judge, but just to be an observer, uh, quiet, silent observer, and, um, and and just try to show uh, a crazy reality because what I show is the reality. The people you see are real, the background are real, but I choose the link between them. And that's probably also where I succeed to build my space of freedom in this Karkan. Uh, Sorry, I may be too long, I speak too much. No, no, not at all. Um, it's so interesting um, to hear your perspective and the approach that you took when going to um, capture these because I, you know, I really believe that the images that we see and what we're consuming in the media really does form how we perceive different areas and different understandings. And so I appreciate that you were able to go in objectively and be able to really represent, you know, what, what you were seeing there. Um, and were you were did you have approvals that you had to seek when you were capturing these images were there people that were monitoring where you were traveling 
first thing I would like to say, I I don't know uh, if we can take a, uh, we can talk really about objectivity in a term of that uh, it's um, the way I look and the way I photograph and in a way there is also a personal approach. Um, then uh, concerning uh, the approval. Uh, yes, of course, the, the, the most difficult uh, was before going there. Because for each trip, I had something like between four or five months of negotiation through email, explaining them where I wanted to go, uh, why, why I wanted to go there, and making lists. And uh, they, they, then they send me answers where they give me, first of all, some uh, authorization. Say, so, okay, you will be able to go there, but this no this yes, this maybe. And uh, it was um, uh, back and forth, uh, trying to push, and uh, until the day where you take the plane, go to China, then arrive in North Korea, and when you arrive there, they are already there at the custom. It means that you go out of the plane, when you arrive at the custom, the two guys that will be with you during all the trip are there. And they take care of you with a custom that is searching all your bags. And then you arrive in a van, you go, uh, they drive you uh, to the hotel. And, uh, and then straight away, you have a, a meeting uh, where they propose you your schedules. And uh, then you know more or less where you want to go, where, where you will go. Uh, in the during the two weeks that you will spend there. Why I say more or less, it's because they will tell me, for example, uh, Monday morning you will go in the factory. Okay. But you have no idea, you have no clue of which kind of factory it is. And, uh, and, they, are, and, and they are not very clear with you of what it is. And uh, why, I don't know, but it's not very clear. So you have again to deal when you arrive and sometimes they wanted me to, to take me to some places and I and re I refused because uh, for me there was no interest or because uh, I knew that it was too much linked to uh, um, a, propaganda, a propaganda wheel from them and uh, so you had this negotiation and then uh, from uh, 8 in the morning breakfast I was taking the breakfast with them because they were sleeping in, in my hotel. And uh, I didn't, I, I mean, when you are in North Korea, what is important to, to understand, you don't go anywhere. You are driven somewhere. And when I say somewhere, you don't know where you go because there is no sign road. The, the, there is no name on the road. So at least uh, if you have a good sense of orientation, and uh, it's my case, but even it took me a few, few days, even a few weeks, uh, I didn't know where they were uh, driving me. So I knew that I was going in a school, that I was going in a hospital because I asked for, or be, uh, I wanted to go in a collective farm. And, and uh, so, but uh, you are, um, you, you, you are, it's, nothing is very clear. You know what, you're, you know what, I, what I mean? You are the habilitation and, uh, and, and you are with them all the time, negotiating day by day also, trying to push to get things, things that sometimes they refuse, sometimes they accept. And then when I arrived in a place, when it was a closed place, when I, what I mean by closed, it's like school, hospital, uh, factory. Um, then I, it was less difficult because I had the approval to be there. So I could choose uh, my background and then ask to the worker 
uh, if they accept to be photographed. What, when, I, when I say to ask, I ask to my guide, it translates, and it translates me the answer, and uh, so on. Where it was more difficult, it was in the street. When I asked to stop in certain point to make pictures, uh, it, it was a situation where I already have chosen the background, and then I needed time to wait to see who is going to pass by and to see if the people will accept to be photographed or not. And that's bring a lot of tension because uh, that's where I probably had the more uh, uh, space or in a way freedom because it was random according to who was passing by and to my choice. And, uh, and then that was more tough. Uh, but what is important also to understand the craziest thing is that after doing these pictures, I never had any control on the pictures I have done. It's mean that nobody asked me uh, at the airport or before leaving to, to, to see the pictures. Uh, why? Because they already approved the fact that I, I was there and they, was, they were there when I've done the pictures. So asking me to show the pictures after, uh, in a way, was a contradiction and they will lose the face. They will lose the credibility. So they never asked for that. That is so interesting, and it's it gives you the opportunity just to imagine being in your shoes and what that would be like, um, and I find it absolutely fascinating. Um, and Sabode, I know you have your hand up. I think you may have a question. Thanks, Emma. <clears throat> Sorry, I was in the elevator earlier and I couldn't talk properly, uh, but it's been wonderful uh, listening to this whole thing, and also like the kind of humor uh, that Rhapsody brings in. You know, I just pinned up one thing, which was their drop day. And I think there couldn't be a better uh, way to sh showcase uh, the drop. But, you know, my question to Stefan was two things. You know, when I look at your images, they are so beautiful in every sense, you know, with terms of light, in terms of people, what they're wearing, everything just looks perfect. Uh, we all know, you know, I do watch a lot of North Korean documentaries because I'm kind of intrigued by that country. So I want to ask your opinion when you're shooting these things, you know, how much in your behind, uh, like in your mind, were you thinking that you're capturing reality or you felt like just capturing the illusion which has been put forward? Uh, because everything looks perfect, but I'm sure the country is not as perfect. I will tell you both. Of course, it's both. I shoot reality um, because it. it it's not a setup. Nobody is going there. So why would 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 they uh, build a, a fake society for for no one? No one is going there, and uh, and that's the craziest things. It's is that uh, we are, as I say, we have a lot of information. I mean, information. We talk a lot about problems like uh, uh, international tension and uh, uh, the fact that they don't respect the human rights. Uh, and uh, the, the um, use of uh, uh, nuclear weapons and all these troubles. Uh, all that is real uh, as well. Um, but in the same time, you have this society, basically, what you can see when you go there, and, and even what, what North Koreans can see when they work and when they go uh, somewhere, is that. It's a theatralization. But they are living in this theatralization. And this theatralization is, is scary, because you feel like if you are in a, um, what do you call that, in a, in, a, in a amusement park or in a in a TV show, you know, like a Mexican TV show, that's weird. And uh, because everything is fake, but it's fake for real. You know what I mean? Yeah, 
<laughs> that's uh, very... And that gives you, give you a very strong information about uh, the mentality, about the, the question of perfection. Of course, I overplay this perfection. And that's, that okay. was my game, to overplay this perfection. Overplaying, the, 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 in a way, the, the propaganda code of, of, uh, of uh, um, the iconography of propaganda in my pictures. Overplaying with the light, make it beautiful, because they want to be beautiful, they want to be perfect, they are in this perfection. So I push it forward. They give me, they, they put me in a situation where I, I, I was, I, I, I could push forward the reality they, 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 they propose us. But after doing five trips, two weeks each time in three years, I've seen a bit of evolution in the society. And believe me, it's not done for the foreigners, which foreigners. You know, there is like 10,000 foreigners coming in North Korea every year, and 99% and of them are uh, Chinese or Russians. So it's not done for the foreigners that are not coming there. And that's what is crazy. I don't know if, if, I, if my answer is, uh, is clear, but... Very much, very much, you know, because all my... You know, because we are, like Emma said initially, we are shaped by what we watch, by the, whatever is shown by the media and... That has been the approach you know, in our mind. So it's nice to hear from a person who has walked those streets. But I also have another question, which is your exposures. You know, you expose the images so wonderfully, whether it's the background or your uh, foreground with the subjects. So what's your, uh, how do you create this light on the people? Because they look so well lit. Uh, um, I will try to be short. Um... The base of, the, of, the, of this uh, principle is to start with the iconic uh, image. When I'm talking about iconic image, I'm talking about 14th, 15th century religious icon. And when I'm talking about religious icon, I'm, I'm not uh, talking about the religious symbolic that is in it, but more as the construction, uh, the iconic uh, construction of the image where you have uh, an image that is very uh, attractive, uh, not more than three colors, uh, very powerful. The subject is uh, uh, looking at you. And um, and this uh, iconic image where I use, uh, first of all, to, to sell um, a religious uh, ideology. Then it was used later on to sell a political uh, message uh, through the propaganda of the communist uh, uh, country. But it was also used in a way uh, approximately at the same time or a little bit later by the American um, to sell marketing in advertising. And, and for me, it's a bit of continuation with the will uh, to, to give a, a, a humanitarian message. And um, and and my, my my photographic way to try to do that is use, to use flashes, that um, to give you the sensation that the image is fake and that in fact I shoot the the, the, the subject uh, independently uh, of the background and then that I mix both of them and at the end you are in a photography I think where you have a kind of illusion, as you said. Is it true or it is an illusion? It's both. What is the reality? And, at the, and, and, and in North Korea, it's, it's, uh, it was uh, crazy for that. Because using this, uh, this light where I make a, a desynchronization between the, 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 the person I shoot and the background, 
give, give even more power of the sensation of illusion. Where is the reality? What is real? What is unreal? I like also to play uh, with that because it's bring in a way uh, more confusion. Because I don't have any real answer, you know, concerning North Korea. I, 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 I just maybe I was just maybe able to to broad some question. Because as we say, as you said, in the media, we are talking about a lot of things, but not about the 15 million people living there. And my concern is the people. I'm not concerned by, politi by, 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 by politics, mostly. Even if, of course, it's, the background is there. I'm not naive. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I try to bring it in a, in a smooth way, uh, in a kind of documentary uh, photography. But the main purpose, it's human. Wonderful, Stefan. Thank you so much. And, uh, you know, you mentioned questions. So my last question to you is, do you come back after five visits to Korea? Did you come back with more questions in your head or some amount of answers as well? Yeah, that's a very good question. <laughs> um, probably more, uh, probably more question. Um, and what is interesting is that you know, when you are um, facing people like that, for me, it's a bit like a mirror. And that's also why I use this technique of uh, portraying people. Because at the end, uh, it teaches you uh, as much about yourself about, than about the people that is facing you. But it brings also interrogation on what is our system. They are afraid of our system. They are afraid to open the country. And that's something that is is uh, is crazy for a guy like me that believe in uh, in democracy and um, a free market and uh, you know they are scared uh, to be open and and we look at them as that we should uh, save them but at the end I think we should already try to save ourselves instead to take care of what is going on <laughs> in some other places where we sometimes make. Mm, bring more troubles and we bring really solution. So it's a, a strange feeling. Uh, and, and very interesting to have this confrontation of uh, identity. Um, I, I have no respect for, um, for the system, uh, political system, but I have the respect for the people that are living there. And when you look at the hist their history since uh, centuries, uh, they are suffering. And uh, I hope they will one day find a path. But if they find a path, they have to find this path by themselves. And um, so my question is today, why are we so interesting about North Korea? Why is North Korea is so fascinating uh, for the international uh, media opinion? It's a small country, and it doesn't represent much uh, in the game. Uh, so I came back probably with more questions than answers, yes. Thanks so much. I have many more questions, but I'll hand it back to Emma. I'll come back in a bit. Okay.
Excellent question, Sabod, and absolutely fascinating. Um, one thing that has been pointed out um, through the collection that I also found intriguing was that it's very uncommon to have an individual in a photo instead of a group photo. Is there um, a reason behind that? Uh, what you mean, to the fact that there is more... Uh... Um, uh, portraits, individual portraits and collective pictures? That that often um, pe the people are photographed in a group and not often as just individually. Uh, individually, the photography doesn't... Uh, port individual portrait in, in North Korea doesn't exist. It exists only in terms of uh, social reconnaissance for your uh, ID paper. Uh, but um, it's completely connected with the ideology that uh, you don't really exist uh, as an individual. You exist in a group. The individual uh, have his space when he's he, he, in a group, working with a group, and achieving something uh, for the collectivity. So uh, you are photographed uh, at school, uh, in your factory, uh, in the army, where you spend seven years of your life, uh, so it's group photography, and you are photographing. You are photographed also with your wife or your husband uh, when you get married, but it's not an individual photography as well. So um, yes, that's very interesting in terms of um, symbolic, and for me also it was very important to try to succeed to make individual portraits because in a term it was a bit revolutionary and for them that was something very complicated to see also the reaction of the people in the street when you ask to a man or, or, or to a girl to be photographed just by our own alone uh, that was something uh, where uh, they were a bit lost and sometimes you can see it also in the eyes uh, you can feel this internal stress coming from uh, what they are living, but also sometimes from the situation to be photographed alone. Stephen, if you can just add to that, you know, one thing common through all of your collection is them looking into the camera. So uh, I know you were told about uh, why you do that, but just to go into the depth, why, why not some images with them looking away, like doing their own thing, being random uh, moment kind of thing? What is the thought process behind looking into the camera? I don't want to be too long. There, there is two things. I, do not want, I didn't want to be in a feature. I didn't want to be uh, to make photographs uh, random. Uh, first things, why? Uh, because um, many people uh, try that and, and some photographer came back with uh, some pictures of North Korea pretending that they succeed to steal pictures and, and building a story behind that. And uh, uh, for I've been doing this during 30 years, it's a lie because you don't steal pictures in North Korea. As I told you, you are driven somewhere. You don't go anywhere. So they know perfectly where you are going, when you will go there and what you, sh you, you may be seen on the way. They are not stupid. So if you are in a situation where randomly you can take a pictures, uh, it's not a problematic pictures. You don't have any chance, you know, to go in the east side and to see uh, what could be problematic for them. You have no chance. You, you will get captured, put in jail, or killed before. So I decide to play the game to say, okay, I, they will be with me always. And that's something that I learned with the Taliban. When you are followed by someone, 
if you want to take the power back on the situation, the only way to do, to do so is to stop. Because when you stop, when you don't move, the guy that is following you have to stop. So then you have the control. And I chose to be static with my flashes because that was a way also to give them the sensation that they were controlling things because I was static. So they didn't have to worry. And I was using the, the a part of the propaganda construction of the, of the picture, in the pictures. So I put them in a situation where uh, I, I became understandable. And the last thing is people looking at me. Why? Because the first sensation when you look at the pictures is that you see my intervention. You see that I've been there and I don't lie, I don't lie to you. I tell you, look, I asked this guy to pose for me and to pose there. But then after a few seconds, you forget that I'm there. The guy is looking to you. And that's a connection between you and him that is going on. I disappear. And that I would like also is to disappear uh, behind that. It's not my place. I'm just there to pass something. Not to stay and to pretend that I, su that I succeed to do something. I'm a photographer. Of course, my goal is to make pictures, to make pictures, but not to, to pass my time to pretend that I succeed to make pictures. What is interesting for me is to share, as you as as NFT uh, give us the possibility also today to share, as we are doing today, to be in direct contact with uh, the collectioner, and that's something that is great because I hear you say, "Oh, it's great because you then you 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 were really giving a lot of information." after the drop to the collectioner. But I mean, for me, it's normal because it's more than collectioner. The people that, that bought uh, uh, my, uh, my NFT, they became also my producer. They, 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 they decided to buy pictures in a uh, blind mint on, on, on the theory, but on my name also to say, okay, we believe in what you do. And, and, and they give me the chance to, 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 to do it, to, to go, uh, uh, further on and to, to do some of those uh, series. So that's what is, is, is very important. And that's why also I like that the people look at me and because at the end they look at you. That is amazing. Um, definitely a wonderful way to summarize that, Stefan. Um, and I wanted to say hello to um, one of the collectors of the collection who's joined us, um, who shared that she had a question as well, and say hello to Anna. Hi, Anna. How are you? Hello. Very well. Thank Hi, Anna. You. Bonjour, Stefan. Um, yes, I have a couple questions. I don't hear the question, though. Pardon me. Yeah. The question? Um, so I have two questions. One of them you sort of answered, which was, did anyone who was your guide over there or any of your subjects, did they... J'ai perdu la, la connexion. J'entends plus la question. Allô? Can you hear me? Allô? Can you hear me? I'm sorry, I don't know if you hear me, but I don't hear uh, you anymore, so I, don't, I couldn't hear the question. Oh, I hear you, Stéphane. I hear you. I can hear both. Um, ah, ah, now Stephane. it's back. It's okay. okay. Now it's okay. It's came back. Sorry. <laughs> okay. okay. So the first Hi, question. Anna. Hi, Stéphane. So bonjour. I feel like the first question you semi-answered, which was like, um, and I'm going to ask him back to back, but the first question was like, did you show uh, to any of your guides there um, 
and or to any of the subject matters the final work guides there and or to any of the subject matters the final work and the and the second question is why can i hear myself back um The second question is, I was born in Soviet Armenia, so when I saw your collection, um, it, hit a, it hit a very big um, uh, note for me. Um, can anyone hear me, or am I just... Yes, yeah, we can I, hear okay, you. Okay, great. Okay, great. So it hit a big note for me on, on so many levels, and... Um, One of the things that I know from memory um, as a child and, and later on as well is these types of regime have a very strange, different, reverential um, um, uh, behavior towards art and artists. Um, they treat them like, um, like special uh, beings. And I was wondering if you felt that in North Korea, the fact that you were creative Did you feel like you were treated differently? You felt that in North Korea. Did you feel like you were treated differently? Hi, Anna. I, I didn't hear your first question, so I will answer first to your, your second question. Okay. Um, I, uh, I don't know if I, were, if I was treated differently because... Um, um, I, I didn't add uh, any any reference uh, of uh, what I could uh, expect there, uh, so it's um, it, it's a very very difficult question. Um, I don't I don't know uh, what to tell you because in terms of referential, um, there is no art in North Korea, so I think I was a kind of curious uh, beast. Uh, and that they were curious to see me acting on doing these pictures and, and, and to see what I was doing because they saw uh, the picture in the same time of me. And, uh, and that was very strange. And that's a question that I still have in mind because the only answer I can give you is that... Uh, If they accept me to come back five times like that, uh, with all the trouble I had in the same time, uh, they probably also recognize uh, uh, partially uh, what they are in, um, in this project. Um, but the way I was uh, treating was uh, very strict. Uh, I, it was a lot of discussion Uh, but no space uh, at all. And um, yes, but um, difficult for me to know if they could have treated me differently. I don't okay. know if you can uh, sure, understand sure. what I say. Sure, so I'll, I'll go back real quick. The first question is... Pas le retour. Did anyone see the did anyone see the photographs? Did any of the subjects see their photographs? And um, and also I guess based on what you just said now, do you feel like they learned something from you? And we might have lost connection with Stefan. Um, 
And so we can see, I know we have Julian with us um, and Pierre to say, say hello. Um, Julian is here with the Rhapsody Curated account um, and say hello. I'm not sure if, we, I'm sure we will get, hi I, I'm here, I'm sorry because <laughs> I had problem of connection, so I couldn't uh, hear uh, Anna's first question and I don't know if she hear uh, the answer that I, I, I gave for the second question. No, I didn't hear the answer, which is did the subjects see their portraits? And the second one is, do you feel like then, as a, to, to go back to my second question, do you feel like they were trying to learn something from you? Okay, so uh, putting this way, okay. Uh, the subject has seen the, the pictures always uh, as my guide because I, I was showing them the pictures after they have done it. Um, so, and that's something very, uh, very important. And that's also a part uh, of the second question. Uh, because I, I hear that you, you were coming from Armenia. Yes, I was born during the Soviet era and uh, couldn't go back for many years because of that. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. I've been there uh, uh, as well several times, but um, you know, and that's something else. What was uh, very important, and that's, I don't know if you notice it as well, is that when you are in, in this kind of system, uh, in dictatures, uh, you have a different uh, refer referential. And um, what was crazy in North Korea, that we don't have any common reference in terms of history, politics, uh, social vision, uh, family system. And uh, what was crazy, and that's what I was playing on because I already have seen that in Belarusia and uh, in Afghanistan with the Taliban and in some other dictatures in the world, they couldn't interpret the, the pictures that I was uh, showing them the same way that I did. It's been that they, uh, they didn't understand uh, the same way the pictures uh, than me and the inverse is real. They couldn't see what I was seeing in the pictures, but I couldn't really always and, uh, understand what they were seeing in, this, uh, in, uh, in these pictures. So uh, coming back to your second question, did they try to learn something for me? Uh, I don't have this pretension, but what I is sure that art doesn't exist in, uh, in North Korea. Uh, people are so scared at a level, at a level that they... Um, uh, kill in themselves all possibility of creativity, uh, being scared that it can be interpreted uh, in a, a political way. Um, so they were looking at me as a kind of strange beast that was uh, uh, showing something, doing something that was art artistical, and they had a kind of fascination and in a way, it was uh, probably a chance, but it was also very dangerous because um, I was always, in a way, against the stream. Uh, I explained that. All the pictures that I thought uh, it will be easy to do were the most difficult, and the inverse was true as well. Uh, what I thought will be complicated sometimes became very uh, easy to do. And uh, and I understood that was also because we didn't add any common reference and we didn't add the same approach 
of uh, what we saw and what happened then. I don't know if it's clear for you. Yes, very clear. Thank you so much, Stéphane. A merveilleuse collection. Bravo. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. Those were excellent questions, Anna. Thank you so much for joining. Um, and Mike, I know you have your hand up. I'll say hello and welcome. How are you guys doing? I'm, I'm sorry I'm driving through the Catskills, so I, I missed a, a bunch in the beginning because of the service here. But, you know, I've been looking at um, I've been looking at your col uh, your collection, uh, Stefan, and it's a really, really incredible collection, not only curated, but just um, uh, just I, I, it's it's almost surreal because I, I have never had my eyes laid into this world in which you're photographing and, and created. And so it's every interesting to me. Every photograph to me is is so interesting. Something that really stands out to me um, is the the uniformity in through the portraits, especially with their posture. Um, they seem to have a really, really great posture in the way that they stand and carry themselves as a culture. I'm wondering, I'm wondering actually if that is a cultural thing, Stefan, or if that is was more directed by uh, directed by you um, in how that how they stood in the photographs. So uh, first of all, thank you for your compliment. And uh, secondly, I, uh, I I never direct uh, people when I take photo when I take pictures. Never. What I do is that uh, I choose a background. Uh, that's always the first things that I do. I can do it according uh, to the people that are in a school or in a factory that I have a chance to see the people before, and then I choose uh, the background and make the link. Or in the street, I choose a background and then I wait. Uh, that's uh, people passing by randomly uh, and decide. Um, what I ask the people is, I tell when they accept to make uh, pictures, is uh, do you mind to stand here? And with my feet, I show them a line on the, on the floor and ask them to stand there. And then there is always probably two, two minutes, uh, sometimes a, a little bit more. And I do it in purpose where I take my time to place, uh, to put my, 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 my flashes. Uh, in this case, I was using two or three flashes. And, um, and then during this time, uh, the person, you know, uh, have to deal with this posture. And so, uh, will you be cool, relaxed, very tense, and how do you stand? And I let them in this uh, question also that they have to deal with and to choose, but I don't uh, ask, I have no action. And, uh, and what you see, uh, your right is a uniformization uh, uniformization coming to what they learn at school, where they are uh, working and standing like in the army, very young, three, four years old. And then you have uh, the, the army. And, uh, uh, and then uh, going out of the army, you go into factories mostly, I mean, for 70% of the population. So where uh, it's the same, you, you work in line. And so, uh, and you don't as I said before, you wasn't there. You don't really exist as an individual. The individuals exist in uh, in the collective when they have uh, when, when they permit a collective achievement. But you don't exist by by your own. And and and, and in this area, I also choose uh, people to 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 give really uh, this sensation, very strong sensation, that it's the repetition of the one. 
Because at the end, I could have done this series with uh, a casting of two men and two women and to do uh, 80 pictures. And more or less, we would, we would have the same result, except that it, what I've done now is real, just choosing randomly the people. And that gives you uh, an answer about what it is the uh, uniformization when where, where you go uh, when you apply it uh, in an extreme way. Wow, th I mean, th thanks a lot for that answer because that you know that that totally answered what I was uh, what I was wondering, which is that it's um, it's the uniformity and the posture and all of that comes from like their cultural upbringing starting with uh, starting with school and, you know yeah. it's, what's interesting yeah because what's interesting is when you put the camera on a lot of people they tend to you know want to smile or um they, they they're trying to play a character or something and uh, it, it seems like with them in north korea there it's almost what a lot of portrait photographers actually uh, strive for sometimes is like the no smile photo, the stare deeply into the camera lens and to give us something, um, something that feels a little more uh, real and true rather than um, trying to play for the camera. And so uh, it must have been a very, very interesting pro project to shoot. And so did you... Um, did you get to have a lot of conversation with the people that you were shooting and learn that, you know, these people, they had, they had a di different personality and what, 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 what level of um, differences did you see in the personalities throughout the different groups of people that you shot since they've, they, they live so uh, uniform, uniformly and they come from uh, such a different, different culture. Uh, uh, first of all, coming back to um, to what you said before um, at the beginning, I'm trying to think because I, I think I forgot what you, what I wanted to, to tell you um, uh, at the beginning. Yes, that's the fact that uh, we need to, to take care of something. Uh, an occidental vision will expect smile, but the smile don't, doesn't have the same signification. Uh, in America, in Europe, and in Asia, even it's uh, it's something that you can uh, think it's a bit surreal to say so, but um, I, I do believe in it. It doesn't have the same signification. And what you can see also in the North Korean portrait is really uh, the nationalism, the proudness, uh, and the nationality that is uh, so important for them, and that uh, in in, in uh, m a lot of. Uh, uh, in a way, superior uh, to the smile. Uh, did I have a, a lot of contact with the people that I was shooting? No. Uh, why? Um, first of all, because I don't speak uh, Korean, so if I uh, had a chance to have a contact with them, I would have to pass through my guide, and I will put my guide in a, in a very uncomfortable situation, and the people in front of me at risk, and I don't have uh, the right to do so. So uh, I I didn't uh, add much uh, contact with them. Uh, I had contact. Uh, I had co I, I had contact uh, a lot with my guide. Uh, through the time, and that's something very, very important because I had these two men, 
and uh, and third that I was seeing sometime uh, with who I shared a lot and uh, and uh, and I took them uh, you know in the hotel to to have a beer to make them talk and to play BR and then I, I was uh, I was winning in BR so they, they took me to ping pong where I, uh, a tennis table I don't know what you say in English but uh, uh, where I was like losing like uh, terribly but then I had the possibility really to have more contact with them and to start also to understand uh, some things uh, of, of their life and their way of, uh, of meaning. If I have seen difference between, uh, between the different group, uh, I would say no. No. Because um, you can live in a city and you are requested one day by week for collective work, so you can end up to work in a, in a, in a farm uh, in a factory if they need it, uh, to clean the street if they need it. So, in fact, you uh, you have you are like a Swiss uh, knife. Uh, you do a job, but uh, if you are not uh, in the top guys, in the elite, uh, you are uh, interchangeable. So, um, you really have this uniformization, uniformization of, the, of the society. So, I haven't seen a lot of difference, no. Thank you, Stefan. Uh, once again, um, really beautiful collection. I just, I just want to keep going back to it and, 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 and looking at the different photographs and just trying to figure out more about, you know, the, their, the, the lives of these people. But like, once again, yeah, the uniformity really, really blows me away. The symmetry, um, and just the, your ability to, um, to me, to be able to create uh, such compelling uh, portrait work with such little contact um, uh, and communication with your actual subjects, so I, I think you, you you made something that I've never I've, that I, I probably has never been seen before. Obviously, uh, yeah, uh, probably in this way, yes, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I've been some other very interesting project on on North Korea. Uh, with different approach. I mean, at least two that I like, but uh, um, through portraits like that to do a portrait of the society, yes, probably, yes. It's absolutely fascinating and I appreciate the opportunity to learn more about it. I know we can tell that there is so much interest because I think each of us um, have so many questions and stuff on you do such a good job of answering and, and providing more information. Um, and we will have a chance um, towards the end um, of the session as well to, if others would like to come up and ask questions. Um, I do want to say hello to Paria Lee again and um, also um, be able to have have a chance to learn more with Florine as well about her collection that um, is going to be yes. um, dropping soon as well. <laughs> and it's a wonderful collection, so you should have a look and uh, look at it. Absolutely, and I've uh, added several pinned tweets to the top um, for people to start getting a visual as well, but I also wanted to say hello, and um, Pari, would you like to share some information about the collection? Uh, yes, thanks very much, Stefan. You know, that's what I, I love with uh, all this uh, new uh, way of uh, communicating between collectors and, uh, and photographers thanks to NFT. It's, you know, you can hear all, all the stories, you can ask lots of questions, go into the intimacy of the way of the, the photographer is doing his job. And uh, that's so wonderful. And now uh, I, um, I, I like the question and the way of Stefan answered to them. And 
it brings more and more questions. <laughs> I think we, Stefan can uh, we won't sleep tonight, and uh, we'll have to answer to lots of questions. And and now uh, it make uh, it enables me to make the the bridge uh, to to Florian because you know uh, the way of Stefan is uh, doing his portraits is very unique, as I, I told you before, and it's the same uh, for Florian. That's why that's why I, I like uh, very much uh, those two uh, artists, and. Um, they they found uh, a particular way of doing their photography, unique, and uh, it's still portraits, you know, but uh, it's very important. Uh, the way of doing it and the story they have with the subject is uh, as as uh, is also is very important as the uh, as the subject. You know, it's uh, when you hear the story, it makes you feel uh, the pictures in a more powerful way. Uh, even if uh, when you have the first look of the picture, it's uh, it's very powerful. But when you hear the story after, it's like a, a second uh, uh, love to the to the picture. So that's what it's very impressive, and I, I like uh, a lot. And so uh, we will uh, show the we'll uh, able the work of Florian to be uh, uh, minted uh, next week. And now there's still uh, 14, only 40 minutes available of uh, Stefan uh, works. And now uh, next week we will uh, we will uh, drop the uh, Florian uh, work, and uh, so you will hear lots of stories about uh, work uh, for until the until the the, the drop date. But uh, now uh, Florian is just uh, next to me, and uh, I think it would be uh, uh, really interesting to hear her and to listen to the, her stories. Absolutely, and definitely want to say welcome, Florine. Um, have been intrigued by this collection and very excited to hear some of the stories. Um, I saw a question recently. Stefan asked, "Who was crazier? Who was you know for traveling and capturing images in, in different places?" And he said that you were more than he. So I <laughs> I found that very intriguing. <laughs> well, yeah, th these photos have uh, been uh, shot all around the globe during uh, more than two years. And uh, what's funny on that is that uh, previously I was using like large format camera, which is very old uh, techniques. And I was running out of ID. I was in Ethiopia when I started and uh, I had no idea about what I would do. And so I started running and by running, I met these people that were carrying uh, big loads on their head. And I thought, wow, they are so brave. They are so proud. So my first image were uh, real uh, loads, let's say. Um, and I really am happy to have like this community of NFT because um, when I started, I post uh, the first image of the series, uh, which was extremely different what from what I used to do before, which was more like architecture. Um, and thanks to the people that replied to this image saying, oh, I love it, I understand what you mean. And that was people from all around the globe with like different uh, um, stories. And they, are, they were not all belonging from the same country, the same type of, uh, uh, they were not only collectors. Um, I had, um, uh, it gave me strength to pursue uh, the series. If I, I did not have this community uh, around me, when I say around me, it's like virtual community, I would have stopped the project right away. So I think the NFT or the any virtual community uh, of people you don't know in the real life maybe can uh, 
help you to decide uh, whether or not you should uh, uh, continue on the way you're having or just stop it, you know. That is so true. And I find this work so intriguing. And I think, yes, I can see why so many people from all over the globe would relate to this work. It visually is just absolutely stunning. I mean, the the colors and the composition and everything behind it just visually is beautiful, um, but absolutely love the storyline behind it as well. And do you, is there significance to what each person is um, showing that they're carrying? Yes, definitely. Um, actually, I go uh, to the people's place and I stay like maybe a week and I check around like what do they have? I listen to the story. And for example, from uh, Aru, uh, with, um, uh, the little girl with a stack of uh, wood and a goat, you know, I w the day after she was going to the village, like three hours uh, by foot, walking three hours, and she would uh, maybe carry the goats and she would have a donkey on the back with the stacks of, of, uh, of wood. And so I used this one because it was exactly what she would uh, uh, bring to the market and sell it and exchange it uh, for uh, other um, necessity goods. So uh, what is very important is that she's carrying this to the market, but she doesn't carry it this way. She carries it with maybe a donkey, but it's still a big, big, big effort for her. So um, it's very important for me to say I use what is there. It's, it's um, meaningful to them, the, the, the goats, the wood, everything. But they don't carry it this way. Sometimes they carry it this way, but... On this image, she doesn't carry this way. But as an artist, I'm able, as long as I'm telling the truth, I'm able to say I want it this way because I think it's visually more uh, strong to, to photograph it this way. So it's things that are around them all the time. I don't bring stuff uh, myself. I love that it relates um, to each person, um, how you know, their lifestyle or their personality. Um, that makes it even more interesting. And the time that you put into learning about the people and you know actually um, living and spending time with them is just amazing. Um, and is there an additional um, meaning with the items as far as carrying and the way that you've chosen to have them displayed? Uh, sorry, I didn't get the question. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had, I was reading um, on the website about the collection and um, also the information that's provided with um, that um, they, there can be this initial understanding and appreciation for the items, but there is also kind of a secondary um, meaning with the items and that they're carrying them. And I was just, that part was intriguing to me as well, that the weight of other things in their lives was also being represented here. Yeah, definitely there is a second uh, language on the back of that. Well, not on the back, but like more subtle. And the first image was um, um, an image in Nepal where you can see uh, four girls uh, on the top of each other. Um, 
Uh, and this image uh, with the girls on the top of each other was related to uh, um, a family where your place in the family could uh, could be hard. For example, if you're the first one or the, the one in the middle or the one in the bottom, maybe uh, you would say, oh, I couldn't I could not do this in my life because I was the the last one and my parents did not have any more money for me or I was the first one. So uh, my parents did not want that because they were scared of uh, something new. Or, so um, the place of the family uh, could be uh, a weight. And so this image in Nepal uh, start to open the path of uh, a new kind of meaning about this uh, Sari, which was not only a physical weight, but more like psychological weight. And so there is different uh, physical, uh, uh, psychological way that we can see on the image, which is not obvious, but you know the the fact that we are doing this uh, this uh, radio is to learn more about the image. So we have uh, one uh, putri which is in Nepal on a black background, and she's got like um, how do you say horn horns uh, of animals and it's uh, speaking about uh, tradition and um, when you are in, a, in, a, in Indonesia uh, in the, on the front of the house if someone dies they kill um, a zebu uh, and so they take the horn and they put it in the so in the in front of the house and so it's make a, a pile of uh, horn and, um, and this means like, oh, it's a, it's a family that is there for years and years. So this little girl with the yellow T-shirt, she's uh, actually uh, having on her shoulder all the weight of this traditional family in this village and how she, how she would behave when she would be in the age of uh, choosing her own life and, you know, maybe studying in a bigger city or staying in the village. So that's why I did this series. Then you have uh, images speaking about like um, a sexual difference or speaking about uh, the uniform in Japan or speaking about, um, you know, different, yeah, different psychological things that we can see all around the globe and which is not depending on like uh, where are you coming from. Sometimes it's uh, common to different people in the world. I, I absolutely love that. Yes, you know, it helps relate us to people that live in different countries and cultures that could be um, so much different than our own. But then, you know, we can then see that we do have maybe some similarities in concerns that we have or challenges that we have. So such an interesting way to display both how unique, but also some of the commonality that we may share. Um, and I'm curious which countries, I know that there's five countries represented in the collection. Um, which countries are represented here? Uh, which country? Well, we have like, um, I started with uh, Ethiopia, Rwanda, um, India, Nepal. Um, what else do we have? Uh, maybe Japan, uh, Indonesia. Um, I'm looking at my map, actually. <laughs> Bolivia. Um, and Brazil, Brazil, yeah, and Senegal, sorry. That's it's, amazing. 
And I did just add that map to the top if anyone is interested. I believe that that would be the right one that had been shared in the tweet. Um, and I'm sorry if I cut someone else off. Mike, was that you? Oh yeah, it's no, it's totally fine. Um, I just, I just looking at all the work, and it's just, it's so fascinating. And I, I love how this was curated together with uh, Stefan's work because they both have this, uh, this really fascinating way of, of, of making portraiture, and um, it also is, is, is a bit surreal to look through some of this and see how much they're carrying and such. And I have a question about. Um, uh, backdrops actually um you know I, I don't know if you come from you know a, a studio um uh, as a uh, like a, a past of being a studio portrait etc I, I i love how you you always have the background is usually in a lot of these shots very simple uh and very focused on um on the actual subject and what the subject is carrying and it looks like in a lot of situations, you you've, you've maybe you've brought like um, sort of like these uh, these makeshift uh, or fabric or um, or even um, uh, tarp like uh, like backdrops. And I, I love in the photographs that the backdrops don't have that that perfect you know seamless flat background, but they add texture and all this stuff to it. So um, in some of the situations, I guess you you had just found. Um, you know, simple backdrops within their um, within their environment that you could use, and then in other situations you had set up these sort of fabrics or or, or tarps to use as backdrops. So you were constantly um, traveling and carrying this stuff. Well, actually, that's a very very interesting question because first of all, I'm not uh, from um, a photographer with like a portrait background. And maybe I forgot to say it, but that's the first time ever in this series I was doing portraits because I, I'm always very scared about being on a one-to-one -one, uh, with someone. And so uh, to do these photo shoots in the middle of the village uh, would help me not being just in one-to-one, -one, but maybe with like thousands of people on my back. And, and so the background was just like, putting was finding a space in the village where the most of the people could come and see and come and being photographed and so um so i was just putting my background and at the beginning no one would come because they would be oh how much do you pay me because they are used to have like more like magazine coming and people that are hired because this uh, project is a self. Uh, um, I, I I did it myself with no one, and so then the kids start to come on the background and they're like, "Hey, can I have my photo?" And because it's um, digital photography, they could see themselves, so they think it's fun to to have their portraits. And then the women come, and then after finally the the men decide to come, even though I don't I don't give them money. And the, and the background stuff is very interesting because um, some, a lot of people, a lot of photos I did, finally I did not choose them because the background was not good. Even the person was like interesting, but the background took too much space or it was not the proper background. So the background is very, very important because it tells us about uh, their habits, uh, what's around. And, and so for the little story in Ethiopia, um, the first background I had, which was a blue one with Aru, um, it was jean and it was like full of holes. And you can see um, on, the on the back of the background what was happening. And, 
And so I was looking for this fabric. I, I wanted to have more than one. And so I went in the village and I deal with the people from the market. Hey, you know, you know what? I'm going to buy you a new fabric, a brand new blue plastic uh, uh, fabric and give me your old one. So I started to have one and then two and they were like really happy to have this, you know, European girl coming and buying them new, uh, you know, um, roof for their market. And uh, the few days after there was a, a, a big market, you know, for tourists. And so there was like a, a American tourists that came from the bus and they start to trying to sell this jeans, old jean fabric to uh, these tourists saying, oh, you know, before we used to do like a very high hand stuff was like a, it was difficult to make objects and to sell them to the tourists. But actually, maybe the tourists now, they just want to have like an old jeans, uh, blue, old fabric. Uh, but of course, uh, the tourists, they did not like that. It was only for me, you know, so they, it was a strange situation. Well, I, I, I love the I love the raw fabrics. I mean, it, well, I love yeah, I love the fabrics because it you know, it, it, it's, it creates a raw feeling within it. And it doesn't just feel like these studio backdrops. And I feel like it really fits uh, the subjects and the environments and stuff. And that's quite incredible that you don't come from a, a portrait background because, um, yeah, these are, these are really, really beautiful and well-executed. Thank you, Florine, for sharing. Thank you very much. And, and imagine, maybe we have like some making of image where you can see me uh, with like thousands, not thousands, but hundreds of people on my back. And actually, it really helps me. It doesn't bother me. It just helps me to give me strength to, to do these portraits. And, and then this background, I, I try as I could when I can to uh, keep them with me. So I was traveling all for 14 months with like old background from Ethiopia. And I was in Indonesia and they were losing my... Ethiopian background, I was desesperated, but they were like, that's just a piece of fabric. And I was like, no, it's much more than a piece of fabric. You can't imagine that. I, I totally agree. And I think that you saw that vision in your head that it was much more than a piece of fabric and it ties everything in so, so beautifully. And so do, does your, does your, uh, your collection now continue on to other countries are you going to continue with this collection or is there their work that you ha have in mind as an artist that you're uh going to create after this or what you know so yeah, yeah i guess i guess a little a little bit about that does this collection continue on to other countries um, I did few um the way i you I, I work by series and my series are totally different from one to another. I can go from color to black and white, stage photography to some more, uh, uh, well, less stage photography. Um, but very often I, I do the series, maybe I make a book. And then when I feel that there is a, a great reason to add a new one to the collection of 44, for example, or more 50, um, I do it. But I just do them randomly, uh, you know, when there is very a very specific reason that uh, need to have a new photograph done.
That is so interesting. And Mike, these have been some great questions too. So thank you for um, your input um, with those as well. And I, I, one of the things that I find really interesting is how personal each of the um, portraits is and even including the subject's name. And two of the images that I find really interesting just because is, is Gail and Gaddy, um, and very interesting just because of the juxtaposition of, you know, their location, but also very commercial usage of the items. And so is there more to that story? Well, that, that Gaul, Gale or Gaul, I don't know, in Ethiopia is... It's very interesting, actually, because you have like this microwave and like what what the hell is that? You know, this microwave was like a language in a, maybe I can't remember, like Spanish and Russian. And like, what's the story of this box? You know, what's inside this box? And so it's very weird to have this man like almost like naked with a gun and with a microwave on the but that was really what was around this microwave is just like some uh plates and he put some he, he he grabbed the plates he find you know he washed them and it's where it's like um drawer for him is is storing stuff in that and the cook uh, that you can find all around the globe the coca-cola well he's you know he's getting money he's, he's paid by uh, bringing back the the not the plastic bottle the the glass bottle you know to to get a little bit of money and i i, I really like this strange thing but that was really what was going on over there in the village well, it was not even a village it was a tribe in the south of ethiopia and they were really dressing up like that they they dress up like that because it's their outfit and they are very proud of that. It's so interesting to, to see, you know, the elements of their culture and, you know, what they're experiencing day to day represented like this. And I just, I do find it extremely intriguing. Um, was there an area that you were traveling in that helped um, start this, this process that made you see this vision? This vision of what? Sorry. I did not get it. Of representing um, their culture in this way? Well, a lot of images uh, represent a part of their culture. For example, in, um, in Nepal, we have uh, Bashanti, which is a little girl with like uh, riding on the back. Actually, the background is very important on that image. And on Pig Bashanti, you have like um, alphabets in different languages. So uh, it, it shows us the culture. It shows us that she's uh, learning different language, actually. She's learning uh, Nepalese and at the same time uh, the or uh, alphabet. So it might be difficult for her, but it shows us like what, what she's learning. So a lot of image uh, tells about uh, uh the country where they are living or maybe bricks in India with the red Bashanti and the Kalia. Um, I, I actually, one of my favorite image too is uh, uh, Do Kalia, which is in India. And she's a very old woman and she's uh, wearing her uh, bed. Uh, she's carrying, sorry, her bed uh, because it's speaking about how is it to be very old and, you know, your own weight is, uh, is, 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 uh, is already a weight. And so she's, you know, the, the, she's carrying her bed because um, just the fact to be standing up is a weight for her. Um, that was a very nice uh, story. 
I really, really love this one with um, with the child who um, who is carrying the bamboo sticks, and he has uh, he has like a headpiece that's you know in green and all bamboo and stuff too. And I think that's a backdrop that that was that's really, really like g- geniusly put together with that uh, with that subject as well. Um, so who who has who, who's carrying all of all of the stuff to the scene in which you which you find and and carrying the backdrops and stuff. I don't know if I missed this or not, but do you have like, you're having like a team with you that helps you carry all the stuff or is it the, is it the, is it the people that you photograph and they're, they're kind of bringing their, their own stuff and you're, you're, they're helping with the fabrics and, and what is it? Is what's it, what is it, what is the team effort like here? So it's, it's very interesting because um, actually we have like very fun image of making of because, um, I carry, but actually we carry because my husband is a photographer and traveling with me at the same time. We have 200 kilos of equipment plus two very young child. So when we arrive in a village, we are really a big, big team. So all the time they think we are like a movie, uh, a movie team, but we are just like uh, our assistant, my husband and I with the two kids. And, uh, and so we have these 200 kilos of equipment and we grab like uh, uh, wood, fabric, everything. So we try to have a, a car and uh, maybe one or two translators, depending on if we are in a very remote place where we need like a double translation or uh, one, it depends where we are. And so um, we put all this stuff on the big photo studio and everything. And so then the people, we hire the people, maybe it depends sometimes day by day uh, for the, the people that we photograph. And then we have this translator that is uh, with us for like maybe uh, one uh, month or two months sometime. And so he's part of the team. He could be a model. And you can have like friends or friends of friends coming to have their photograph done. If someone has someone to, something to say about a problem you have, maybe we can try. I can try to uh, highlight this problem in uh, in a in a mise en scène is a, in a stage photography. Um, so it's a big uh, yeah. We are. I'm I'm not. Uh, I don't know the name to say discreet, but uh, I I take a lot of space in the village when I arrive. <laughs> Well, well, thanks for sharing how that all comes together, because I knew it had to be some complex, uh, some complex system there. And uh, it's interesting to hear that you have this sort of team with your husband and you have um, translators that are with you. Um, It seems very intentional, um, very conceptual. And then but it's also um, it's also very it feels very personal too. Uh, you know, not just not just with you and the art that you're making, but actually like the subjects and and how they're communicating with their eyes and how they're holding it and um yeah it's really beautiful to hear the process and how much work it actually uh, actually takes and the stuff that how much you have to lug around and 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 travel uh yeah absolutely beautiful um beautiful beautiful project and 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 collection and uh it's really kind of you to share um the process and and how you were able to create this thanks Florine. Thank you. And, and, and it's pretty fun because, you know, if you see a big team like that, you would in general not seeing two very young, very, very young blonde kids with you. So it's very awkward for the 
people because they are oh they are like professional photography team but actually they have like very young kids so it's a family actually it's not a, a professional team so it's they are a bit lost and after because we stay in the same village for a long time uh they they learn to to know us and if they would not understand this image when i shot them i would not publish them but with even if we don't speak the same language they understood the photo so i decided to 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 pause them and to do something with that but that was very important for me that they understand it and i always leave uh, digital files to the translator that would print maybe in the major city the image and would bring back the image so i knew some people they they had this image back uh on their um house and sometimes it's very very poor house where you only have like maybe one image from uh, uh, grandma and that's it so i know that my image is over there and i'm they are very proud of it and I'm, it's make me happy yeah so that makes that makes a lot of sense when when it comes to seeing um the reaction of the photographs and the connection with the people that you guys uh, feel more of like a, of like a family rather than say like a, 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 a team, like a, um, like a, a commercial professional team or something that maybe would feel more intimidating to the subjects that you guys, that you guys are like more of this uh, family that, you know, gets to know them and everything like that. So that makes a lot of sense. Very cool. Thank you. And actually, uh, I um, I very often I deal with the um, the head of the village. I don't because a lot of people ask me like, do you pay them? Well, that's a big like. Uh, very often I have this question. I don't pay them directly. I pay, of course, uh, the the translator and people that were working with us during the day to make the construction because sometimes it's like construction because the, 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 the load is big. But in general, I go to the village uh, chief, the head of the village, and we discuss together and I'm like, oh, I want to help the village. How can I help the village? So maybe they said, oh, can you um, buy like a big... Um, uh, I don't uh, uh, food for this family because they are in the need, or uh, um, you know, this amount of money will be spread between this person because they need help. So it's interesting because I don't I give uh, first necessity goods, uh, but I don't give I give the money to a person that I know that is good for the whole village and will share. Uh, in the community, so that's a that's a very very important thing because if you give the money, you don't go, you don't know if it will will really go to the person that is in a need. Wow, that's really amazing, and and you know, and even even beyond that, outside of you know, you you just helping in that way, they get a gift of they get a gift of this portrait of themselves that had a lot of a lot of intention behind it that depicts their character, who they are and what they do in a very honest way. I think that's a really beautiful gift in itself that they get to see these portraits. I wonder there some of their reactions when they get to get to see them um, holding up all, all of this stuff. I'm, I'm sure they, they, they love to see it. Definitely. They love to see it. They love to um, see that it's going directly in the camera, I mean, in the computer, not even the camera, the computer. And then they can have the image um, 
pretty quick after. And why I'm saying that is because I'm coming from the um, analogic, analogic uh, film uh, large format camera. So I switched and that was a big, big jump for me to switch from an analog camera where you have to process, you go back to your country, you process the film. And so the relation with people stopped when uh, I would say the image is in the box, then there we can really have fun. And, you know, very often I do like the whole family on the shoulder of each other and it's a fun photo and I leave them the photo. So they have the photo right away. And that was the reason why I switched to digital, even though I was like totally fond of analogical camera. So, so if I got that clear, you, uh, it's a, it was a better transition to switch from analog to g digital because you can show them the results on site. Is that what you're saying? Yes, definitely. That was the only reason why I, I switched from analog to, to digital is to show them and to give the file right away. That's, that's really interesting to hear. And like, I always talk to people about how, you know, it, you know, there's people that shoot only analog and it's like they'll only shoot analog and they could be very snobby about it. And there's people that only shoot digital and stuff. And I, I always just say, like, it's, it's just a it's just a tool. Right. And so, you know, what you're displaying here is that, you know, you use the tool of digital and for to to add a new element of um of 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 connection to these people, because showing them the, the image has a lot to do with. Um, giving back in a sense and, 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 you know, seeing how happy they are to see, to see this because they, they, they must be very wondered in awe by it. So that's, that's, that was really interesting to hear. And, and, and thanks for, uh, thanks for answering uh, all of this stuff. It's, I think it's really important for a lot of people to, uh, to hear. Excellent. Absolutely excellent questions and excellent um, information. And I've really appreciated the opportunity to learn more about this collection because when you see the images, it is very intriguing. You want to know more about the story being told here and also the the expressions, I think, for captured in each of the portraits is one in which there's comfort there, there's um, connection there. So getting to learn more about how that was created and how that's developed is so so cool. And I do want to um, invite, uh, do we have anyone in the listener panel that would have a question um, for either Florine or Stefan would like to um, request? We do have um, some time allowed for that um, and really appreciate the opportunity. Um, and to reiterate, this collection um, for how we um, carry is going to be released on the 19th as a blind mint. Is that right? Right. And um, I, I think it's really interesting both for um, this drop and for the for North Korea that both have been a blind mint. And, you know, that's something sometimes people review and can um, and can kind of lead to their collection decisions. However, um, I know I've for both of these, the images are so stunning and curated so well. I think that anyone any of the images would be something exciting to to receive. So I find the the decision to make it a, a blind mint has been interesting, but I think that this is a perfect use for that. Um, was there something, was there a reason that you decided to do a blind mint? Uh, well, I, I, I did it for the, 
for the whole series because I think uh, all the image uh, was to <laughs> to be collected. Uh, but I, it's like a like exchanging between people. Like you, you exchange portraits. You, it's like as if the image of the series would speak together and would you know travel. I make the people traveling from one place to another, and um, uh, I think the the it tells the story of. Uh, all together, you know, like to, yeah, to be all together. That's really, that's, um, that's really cool. I'm sorry. I'm just going to chime in one more time. I know a lot of people want to speak, but I, I love, I love the idea of the blind mint, especially with both of your collections, because I think the collections are curated so well that I would be happy to get any piece. But not only that, the thing with a blind mint too, is it, it kind of adds this like gamified aspect to collecting and it, it makes me it makes me want to collect more because it's like it's fun it, it adds fun to it because you don't know what you're gonna get so uh usually with blind mints it compels me to actually you know do more mints than i than i normally normally would to kind of see what i'm gonna get like a like in a surprise pack but anything that you get through uh either of your collections um uh, someone would be very lucky to have. So the blind mint here is is a perfect, perfect uh, place to do it. So I just want to echo that what uh, what Emma said there. And we, and we pick. I mean, the series was a bit bigger. Maybe I had like sixty image, and so we picked forty four image that uh, all have like a a strong feeling. So all worth it. And so it's. I think there there is no bad image on that one. I I did some bad image, but like. Uh, on the maybe 400 I shot, uh, but now we we strain to we have only 44, the best one. They are beautiful, um, and so I'm definitely excited for the drop coming up soon. And uh, love hearing more about the decision to um, to do the blind mint. And agree, there is not a bad image in in the collection at all. Um, and the yeah, they're beautiful. So really excited um, for what's coming. And I want to say hello to Jeremy. I know that you have joined us, and I'm assuming you have a question you would like to share. Uh, uh, hi, Emma. Hi, Sabod. Um, Mike, it's good to see you guys. Uh, I came here because I really wanted to listen to uh, Stefan talk about this uh, North Korean project. It's very fascinating and high fluorine as well. Uh, very beautiful photography from both ends of you guys. Thank you. No, um, you know, so what got me really interested is uh, earlier... Um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I saw Alpha Trilogy, um, he made a post about how he purchased, uh, I think, 30 of your North Korean pieces, and that instantly kind of raised my eyebrow, because, I mean, if, uh, if uh, Alpha is dropping 30 uh, on such an uh, incredible project, I was like, that's a super solid investment. Your pieces are beautiful, by the way. I mean, fantastic pieces, uh, even for... The, the one Ethereum uh, for the the blind drop, incredible pieces. Thank you. Very appreciate. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for that input, Jeremy. And yes, that was, I know Alpha has been excited about this collection and about the work. Um, and it looks like he may have just needed to step out. So he's not in the room anymore, I don't think, or we would see if he wanted to come up. Um, but he has been really excited about this body of work. I actually would have one question for Stefan. 
Yes. Um, uh, it, it's really just kind of a question about North Korea because I, I have a fascination. I've listened to podcasts talking about it. I'm kind of curious. I mean, I, I heard bits and pieces of it while I was working. I was listening to this conversation, but I was wondering, like, what is it like? What is like that you encapsulate your whole experience? What was like the most fascinating thing that you learned from the North Korean people? Well, that's a difficult question. Um, uh, probably the fact that um, there is a big, um, how can I say in English, uh, gap between the fascination we have about this country and uh, the knowledge uh, we should always have to to approach in a way a country. Uh, what I mean by that is that um, we, as I said before, we uh, receive information about international tension and uh, uh, how much uh, Kim Jong Un is uh, unpredictable and uh, and crazy. Uh, the military project on everything. Uh, but first of all, we don't hear about a population uh, because the, the regime in North Korea uh, makes them invisible. But in a way, we, we do, as uh, Occidental in the media, uh, keep them invisible as well. Um, because we have uh, no knowledge about um, the history of this country. And... Um, what I learned may be a bit uh, <laughs> politically incorrect for uh, for some people because one of the big questions that I have in mind with the experience I had in the past 30 years to, to add the possibility to visit uh, different kind of dictatures is why, why this um, regime, this autocracy in uh, North Korea survived and became a dynasty between the grandfather, the father, and the son. Uh, why, as um, most of the, of the uh, very strong dictatures in Albania, in Central Africa, uh, I mean, in Cuba, in many countries, uh, uh, collapse in a, in, in, in a way? And that was a strong question to know why um, why nothing like that happened in North Korea. And when you think about they are under the biggest um, restriction, economical restriction that's never been applied uh, in the modern history. So how could you uh, survive uh, to that? And one of the answers, uh, possible answer was that uh, the population may may be involved in that. And when I say politically incorrect, it means that you need to hear until the end because it's. I doesn't mean that um, there is a complicity between the population and uh, and the regime uh, in the fact that they agree uh, to be uh, to have this kind of life and, and to be treated like that, but. Um, but in a way, um, it is probably true. Why? Because when you think about uh, all the different kind of dictature that we have seen in the world, in South America, in Africa, 
uh, in the East European country. Uh, all these countries have been more or less at a period of time of the history in contact with um, the... Um, how can I explain that in English? Sorry, I just have a small, a small gap. Um, the criticism, uh, criticism sense, uh, the fact to, um, that you learn that you are able to think by your own and to take your own decision. That's something that is coming mostly from the 18th century, like uh, the lightning uh, century, where you have been this revolution uh, about the fact that uh, philosophers uh, start to talk about uh, the fact that you can think by your own and to take your own decision. And uh, I don't know exactly the term in English, but that's something that has been uh, spread uh, all over the world, not in Korea not in North Korea. Because when you look to the Middle Age with the pressure that the uh, Ch Chinese empire had on this uh, part of, uh, of the land that was at this time uh, Korea, uh, that was already, um, uh, they were already there and they were under control on this very powerful uh, empire. Uh, and then that you see that uh, they, in the modern history, they were under control, uh, still um, on the Chinese government, and then on the Japanese that went there and have committed uh, atrocity uh, in Korea, South and North, and, and, and had a very strong uh, control of it. And that's the Korean have been then saved uh, by the by the. Um, Soviet Union army, by the Soviet army in 1945 after Hiroshima when uh, Japanese uh, went out of the war and, 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 and America won. Uh, Russian army took this place and, uh, and, and, and then Korea was split in two and a few years after they went into a, a civil war, an international war that was, um, I think we, we can barely imagine uh, how, uh, how, how, how terrible it was. Uh, if you look at the number of deaths and the destruction that have been made and that the country had to face between 50, 1950 and 1953, it's more violent than what happened in Vietnam. So, when you look into the past, you have a population that I, for centuries always been devastated by foreigners. The outsiders always bring chaos and atrocity. And it's not an excuse, but it may be probably a, a, a first step to understand why uh, Koreans are such... Um, uh, afraid of, of the foreigners and um, I'm sorry because I'm a little bit tired and I'm searching my word um, uh, they are afraid of the foreigner and they have uh, a syn syndrome uh, of um, uh, shit I, I need help to find the word because it's important uh, Comment tu dis quand tu es persécuté, tu sais, le... 
a syndrome of, of, of persecution. And, um, and, and um, this syndrome of per persecution and uh, to be so scared of foreigners uh, is probably also one of the answers that say uh, why they accept uh, in 1948 uh, the arrival of uh, the, 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 the founder of North Korea and all this ideology uh, that keeps them together still today. It's a part of the answer. I, it doesn't mean that the North Koreans are uh, supporting the, 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 the regime, but probably in a way, yes. Not because they are supporting it, because they are more scared, afraid to open themselves and to take the risk to be again in contact with foreign countries. And that's something it's, that may be complicated uh, for you to understand, and maybe it's not really clear with my uh, bad uh, English and my French accent, but um, that's something that was, for me, uh, fascinating to understand that I was facing people that were more afraid to open themselves uh, to the world reality and to be connected with us than, than to leave what they have to support in, in this regime. I don't know if it's clear. Yeah, very clear. Wow. Um, I actually posted up top an image that I think encapsulates that, what you just said. Like, um, it's like a, there's a bubble. There's like a bubble that surrounds them. But within that bubble, uh, it's weird. So that image up there, uh, I, I just thought was so crazy because it's like, wait, 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 wait. This isn't just people who um, are afraid. This is like somebody who's put in the extra effort to like make like this idea of their culture like stand out more. Like it's like, like it's like the perfection within like all these frames of the images and like how they're, it, it's almost like a deep level of respect. And it, it just blew my mind when I saw this image and I wanted to buy it right away. It's like, it's like, this is, this is just, you, you can't even imagine what kind of reality that they live in. And this image, I feel like, perfectly encapsulates what you just said. Thank you. Yes, because you have on the wall this, uh, this reflection of, uh, of veneration, in a way, uh, but veneration that you, you, you need to have, so it's, 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 it's a social uh, obligation. And uh, you can even be controlled. I mean, you can have people f uh, from your building, the guy who is in charge of your building uh, have the right to come in your flat and to check this wall and to see if, if the pictures are clean and if it's, uh, you know, if it's done in a respectful way. Uh, but in the same time, so, so first of all, I thought, okay, it's an obligation. We are in a dictature, so that's an obligation. But then I saw, um, like, a public uh, appearance of uh, the leader. He was far away. It was on this huge square. And uh, I was invited. I haven't done pictures uh, uh, there. I haven't done pictures for me, but I haven't uh, shown them now. And, and I saw the reaction of the people uh, starting to yell, to cry, and... 
And I understood that you had a kind of psychological uh, uh, transfer because it, it, it is a father. It is a father of the nation. And, uh, and that's something completely crazy because you understand that the infantilization uh, of the population uh, have been accepted and that they do have this through relation with this, uh, with this father uh, that's leading them uh, against the world and protect them against the world. And that's scary. Because you can understand then that uh, after a few generations, uh, if you are cut from the possibility to have a, a, a criticism sense and uh, to be able to uh, to think by your own and to give value to your think and you think on what you believe in, um, you can really get lost and, 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 and disconnected and, and, and you see the power of this infantilization. And that's something very, uh, very strong. But I, I'm glad you like this picture. Thank you so much. I don't know if it's clear. It's quite sometimes complicated to, to explain my mind. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. That's all I really wanted to, to bring up. Very fascinating conversation. Beautiful work, Stefan. Thank you so much. Thank you. And Stefan, you've done a great job explaining um, and really appreciate the time that you've taken to share about this. Um, <clears throat> both collections obviously are ones in which we have so much interest in and um, questions to ask. So really appreciate both of you coming today and taking time out of your Sunday to share with us. It's been absolutely intriguing and, and very much like one of the questions earlier after learning, do you have answers or do you have questions? And um, the conversation we we've had today has been so interesting, but yet definitely cultivates additional questions. Um, and so really, really do appreciate the time, but also I encourage everyone to um, follow the Rhapsody, um, Rhapsody curated um, account and also Stefan and Florine um, to learn more information about this work and um, to keep updated. There's so much information that is that is shared to support these um, images and these stories and to tell these important stories. So I've really, really appreciated that opportunity to do so. Thank and you so much. Thank you so much for inviting us. And thank you so much to all the people that uh, came to uh, ask questions or to listen. And thank you to all the people that uh, have been supporting me and will support uh, Florian. I hope so. Thank you so much. The pleasure is ours for sure. And I know... Pierre, um, Pierre Lee, if you would like to um, share your welcome to do so. Yeah, it was a pleasure to, to talk to you and uh, for, for the time you gave us for, to, for, to Stéphane and Florian to talk about their series and to be able to share with the collectors uh, the, the love for photography and the way they do photographs. Because for me, it's a human adventure to, to make pictures, to, to organize a project, to spend time with people, to share with them. Uh, it's a uh, trust between uh, photographers and people uh, that are photographed. So uh, it's very uh, uh, interesting then to be able to talk about it and you offer us and, uh, the possibility to, to share. Uh, uh, sorry, I've got a mic. Uh. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. 
So, sorry. Yes, it's uh, it's it was great to to offer the possibility for to the photographers to talk about that project and. Uh, so uh, it was a great experience for me too to 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 be on Meta Jungle and to talk to with you and uh, to listen to all the questions of the collectors and to know that they, they like the way we are showing photographs, uh, photographers, photographies, the way we are interacting with uh, collectors, and uh, for us the most important is to build a, a bridge to being a. A long, uh, a long time uh, relationship between the photographers and collectors, and together to uh, to manage uh, rhapsody, to to make efforts to be uh, to be better and to to understand better uh, NFTs, the NFT uh, community, the uh, the will of the of the photographers too, and to be able to all the time to to make uh, to evolve, to 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 be uh, to think about what we did and to think of a better way of doing it after. And so I hope you will uh, enjoy very much the next uh, drop of Florian that will be the 19th uh, at 5 p.m. Uh, CET. So it will be next week. And uh, so we uh, hope you will enjoy it as much as we, we did and, and as much as the collectors today uh, did. So uh, thank you very much uh, for, for, for your time and, uh, and for your, your questions and uh, your, your curiosity to, to this project. Goodbye. Uh, the pleasure has been all ours, absolutely. And um, we'll definitely mention that there are still 14 images of Stefan's for that are available via Bind Mint. So definitely check that out. Another thing to check this series, the ones that have been minted, the descriptions are beautiful. You learn so much information there as well. Um, and then also be watching for the next drop for how much can you carry with Florine on the 19th. So thank you guys. And we'll be watching for autopsy as well to come out after this. So thank you all so much for your time today and for your um, opportunity to get to, to spend time with you. And Stefan, did you have something you'd like to share? No, I just would like to thank everyone and to thank uh, all the collectioners that uh, are supporting me on my work. And uh, thank you to you too for your question and your interest in my, in my work. Absolutely. It's definitely, again, our pleasure. Um, and I know we're getting close on time, so we will definitely say thank you and encourage everyone to stay connected via Twitter, follow our, our artists here in Dasso Rhapsody. And I appreciate all of our speakers today and also my co-host, Sabode. So um, I will go ahead and say I hope everyone has a ha happy Sunday and we will go ahead and wrap up for today. But um, appreciate everyone so much and can't wait to see what's coming this week so thank you again everyone for joining us and we will be watching thank you so much have a great day